from the vibrant heart of the UAE to every corner of the world. Welcome to season two of the International Classroom Podcast. Here, we not only explore education through a global lens, but also celebrate the unique needs, experiences, and perspectives each student brings. In each episode, we bring you insights and discussions from experts and educators around the world. They share their invaluable experiences, the challenges they faced, and the innovative solutions they've championed. So, whether you're an educator, a student, or simply someone with a passion for lifelong learning, we invite you to be part of this journey. Now, before we dive into today's episode, a quick note. Ensure you're following us on your favorite streaming platforms to always stay in the loop. And if you're tuning in via Deep Teaching on YouTube and you haven't clicked that subscribe button yet, do us a huge favor, do it now. We've been privileged to host some truly remarkable guests and your support in sharing and liking these episodes means the world to us. On to the episode. Matt, Ben, thank you ever so much for joining me on the International Classroom Podcast today. Um, just in terms of the journey and your story for the listeners out there, um, who are you and what is it that you do? I've been a um, teacher for about 23 years. Now, across my um, career, I've worked in the UK, I've worked in the UAE, and I've worked in Australia. Um, look, I've, I've journeyed in and out of uh, businesses while I've been doing education, you know, trying to find different, uh, different things to engage me. Um, but I was always drawn back to education. I think that's where Squirrel came from, that passion of just wanting to keep um, passing on knowledge and teaching kids at the same time. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been in education for 23 years, a lot of experience. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I've been in it for a long time. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Ben? Um, so my background, sort of last decade, I've been looking after um, individuals, families, businesses regarding their financial planning. Um, previously sort of grew up as a kid like a lot of young boys or young girls um, just wanted to be a professional athlete so hell-bent in trying to be a professional rugby player I was fortunate enough to do that for for a number of years and then sort of like most people in financial services sort of just fell into it um, but yeah I've been sort of dedicated the last sort of 10 years um, to, to becoming a child financial planner building relationships and sort of studying personal finance uh, and Myself and Matt got introduced by a, a mutual friend and he sort of explained what he was doing and we haven't looked back. Yeah, it's because a lot to unpack there because there's got to be a story behind how does a financial planner and a, a teacher, you know, have this relationship together. And you mentioned something there called Squirrel. So just, Matt, tell us more. What is what is Squirrel and what's the purpose of it? Look, Alex, I'll, I'll probably start with um, where the idea actually came from. Um, so my first round of teaching in the UAE, I was over in uh, Fajera, uh, the Emirate Fajera, um, and myself and another colleague decided to do a manual online, uh, manual banking program. Now, um, it, it was quite simple. We we printed off money. We paid the kids for coming to school. They were rewarded with money for completing homework, for um, following school values. They were sanctioned for not doing homework, not following school values. Um, they had opportunities throughout the, the term to start a business. They had to um, buy a business license. Um, some of them sold cupcakes. Some of them sold friendship bracelets. 
it kind of really uh, motivated the kids. I, I saw a lot of engagement within the class. Well, the engagement stepped up because, you know, I was handing out money. It was fake money, but I was handing out money. So if a kid was doing a good job, I'd walk over and put a couple of bucks on their desk and the other kids would sit up straight or start to listen or start putting more pen to paper. Um, so I noticed in the classroom it gave, engaged them, but also the conversation around money started to become more prevalent within the classroom. Now, this kind of ended at the end of the term where I just very flippantly made the remark to um, the class, the three top money earners, I said, I'm going to give you my guitar. I'm going to sell my guitar. It's going to cost you $10,000. I think the three top money earners had around eleven, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. And I said, um, my classroom guitar's up for sale. It's going to cost $10,000. I knew how much the kids in the class, these were year six kids, and I knew how much they loved the guitar, even though they didn't really play it. They just loved having it around. They'd get on it and try and play with it. Um, now, after quite a bit of deliberation, quite a few kids kind of yelling out to them, you should uh, buy it, buy it, buy it. Not one of them actually bought the guitar, which flabbergasted me because, you know, in my mind, I was giving a guitar away for free. Now, I sat down with those three kids and obviously asked the question, why didn't you want to buy it? All three of them said they wanted to be the top money earner at the end of that term. So that showed me that there was a lot of, um, they, they put a, um, a lot of importance on what we had done and on the money that they had actually saved. Now, a couple of those kids had started businesses, so they um, got their savings account up quite a bit. But that just showed me at that point that something that, yes, at the start of the term, it, it took a little bit of effort. It took a, a, a bit of work for us to get it prepared. But then throughout that term, it, it went relatively easy. But it showed me that these kids did jump on to this topic um, and and really learn a lot within that term, even though it was quite simple, you know, save your money, <clears throat> show good behaviour, upskill yourself, you can get a little bit more money, start a business, you can get a little bit more money. So that's where the actual idea came from. So I started working on a plan to, um, you know, turn it into a digital platform obviously to make it as simple and as easy as we possibly could. Um, we had a couple of problems we needed to solve and that was making sure that it didn't encroach on the curriculum, make sure it wasn't going to increase the workload on a teacher. Um, so we, we managed to solve those problems. Now, the way Ben and I met was just through a mutual friend. I'd actually seen his mug in um, the newspaper. He, he, he was getting quite a bit of uh, notoriety around financial literacy. And that's what I, when, when Ben and I met, we kind of gelled straight away because of our passion of what we wanted to do. Ben was Ben was the perfect fit as soon as I met him. I mean, to be honest, I was, I was ready to give up. I'd done the, um, the prototype, I'd kind of done a semi-business um, plan and got everything together and I said, I was looking at it thinking, this is a really good program, but I can't do this. I, d I don't know where to start with something like this. As soon as I met Ben and saw the passion that Ben had for teaching the next generation about positive money habits, that's when I knew that I needed his help and I needed to bring him on board. So we over a coffee, we um, a coffee or a couple of coffees, we kind of yeah. bonded, talked about what we um, should do, what we needed to do, and then 
it just, I mean, in the blink of an eye, we find ourselves here, and it's been, it's it's been amazing. Fantastic! It's a, a great starting story, and it shows obviously between the two of you how passionate you are about this. So, Ben, obviously, this name Squirrel, you know, what what it, where did that come from, and what is the purpose of Squirrel? Well, I think that Matt came up with the name again. Matt had um, the concept and the, and the prototype. And, and just listening to his story, I mean, that's obviously it was massively compelling. He sucked me straight in. And, and I think from my perspective, as it, from, a, from a finance background, what, was, what really jumped out at me at that story was um, that these children were able to delay that instant gratification um, they want. They obviously all wanted that that guitar, but they were really able to delay that instant gratification, which is the which is the number one thing that 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 I personally think is one of the well, one of the number one things that, that separates people who are good with personal finance and and um, and people that maybe struggle with it. So, in terms of the name of Squirrel, Matt, Matt came up with, with Squirrel, but what Squirrel really um, is, is designed to do is really sort of simulate the things that we do as adults uh, and give these children the the um, the opportunity to practice the different types of decision making and the transactions they're going to have to do on a regular basis uh, when they leave school. Um, and our ethos is that our ethos is is, is that the habits and behaviours and getting those good habits and behaviours are in place are just as just as important, if not more important than than the generic generic sort of just knowledge consumption. We can teach people or just talk to to these children about what they need to do with personal finance, but unless they get the opportunity to consistently practice and it becomes part of who they are. Um, they stand a less chance of succeeding in, in, in the in real world. I mean, it's very similar to, to, to health and fitness or a healthy lifestyle. We can talk to children about sort of not going to McDonald's after school or, or needing to not spend five, five hours after school on Call of Duty and getting out and exercising. But unless we give them the environment to build those habits and it becomes part of who they are, um, again, the less chance of them being successful. So that, that's our whole ethos around the squirrel and, and, I think that, that sort of led to, to, to sort of some of the success we've, we've already had because I think sort of the, the, the teachers, the amazing teachers we've had come on board and the schools we've had come on board has recognised that that it's not just about just giving knowledge to, to children, it's, it's giving them an opportunity to consistently practice those things. So, yeah, that was a sort of long-winded way of sort of saying that what, what, what Squirrel's about and, um, and, and where it's come from. Okay, well, take us through an example. You mentioned a lot of practice there. You mentioned a lot of like building habits. Like for the listeners out there, take us through, uh, let's say, an example of one of the things that you would do that allows students and children basically to develop these habits and practice, you know, sort of money skills, as it were. In, in my mind, Alex, I think uh, one of the biggest things, especially with the younger kids, is and and Ben mentioned it before about that delaying gratification. Um, I know with my girls, you can give them money and it will be gone in a matter of seconds if you give them a chance. <laughs> and you, you're constantly having that discussion, right, of yeah. what what do you want to save for? What is it that you want to put money aside for? Now, <clears throat> it's very hard for young kids to actually see that um, see that gratification kind of happening later on down the track because it could be one, two years down the track that they have to save. So on the platform, one of the th- one of the things we're getting them to do is um, that consistent habit of putting p- a part of their weekly wage. So they get like the, the manual system that I was talking about, they get paid for coming to school. Now, part of that salary, they have the opportunity to put it into a savings account. 
And that savings account, as they start to build it up, they get um, they, they get to certain levels, so bronze, silver, gold, platinum level for their savings. Now, um, that that's something that, you know, if, if they use the, pl- the platform over the, the course of their education going through primary and secondary, by the time they get into the real world, they've got a job, the money's coming in, we're hoping that's going to be second nature. Straight away, they've got a bank account set up, but they have that extra account, which is for their savings. Or they might have that uh, third account, which is their emergency funds, which we also have on the platform. So it's just about... Again, going back to what Ben said, building those positive habits and making it something that uh, eventually they don't realise they're doing. They're jumping on each week. They're putting a bit into their savings and a bit into their emergency fund. Okay, so take take me through this then. So you've got some successful schools out there, and I'm just thinking about this very fast now in my head. So each school has like its unique or own brand of money, or is it just like this is squirrel money? You've already told us some of the things that students can do to earn it, but then how do they go about, like, say, investing it? Is it physical money? Is it digital money? Talk me through how that works. So, I mean, in terms, just to give you sort of a rundown, so obviously the platform's in, in relatively early stages, but what, what we've got at the moment, each school, the children sort of get a login, and the first thing they do is sort of create their own avatar. Uh, once they've got their own avatar, um, every single Monday morning, middle of the night Monday morning, um, their salary gets generated, a number of bills get ge- generated. So when they come in on Monday morning, they've been paid, there's a number of bills they've got to pay. They've got a, a rent they've got to pay, they've got um, a school fee that they need to pay, and a transport fee that they need to pay. Okay, um, and and they they then have those obligations that they've got to to um, fulfil. Um, like Matt's already mentioned, they have three different accounts: a current account, a savings account, and an emergency fund. Um, there's there's sort of individual objectives and also uh, sort of team objectives around the savings. There's emergencies, um, the emergency funds there because there's different type of life events that that, that, that might come at them, so they they might wake up in the morning or log on at school and a notification pops up and they've they've won the headmasters award or they were MVP of the football team but then they also might uh, they also might get a notification saying that, that they were that the the school's been flooded or the or the school bus has broken down or you've got a dental or you you're, you've got a toothache and you've got a dental bill and there's obligations that they need to pay so the again it's just trying to each school and each, all these children are just going on and at the moment they're um they're doing all these basic habits, okay, consistently. And the idea is that they go on and, and, and interact with our platform once, twice a week. But that once, twice a week over a full academic year, and then as we build out the complexity of the platform, multiple academic years is what we're hoping those consistent sort of touch points and, and consistently doing those behaviours is then going to build um, the individual, the student, into someone who really does have a good understanding uh, and practical understanding of personal finance. So there's a couple of things that instantly come to my head and it kind of transcends what a bit Matt said about his kids. So, you know, my two daughters are nine and eight and we're in that process of starting to give them pocket money. So this idea of financial literacy. So going back to obviously the squirrel program, are there things that, that students can spend money on is the first question. And secondly, knowing what my kids are like and it being gone in seconds, what if, just a worst case scenario, what if they do have kids like that that go, if you can spend it, so it's like, it's gone, it's, it's all gone. What, are, what do we do with that? So in my mind, Alex, it's, um, 
what what we're trying we do have a marketplace so as ben said they can go on they design their avatar but they can go into the marketplace and um, buy hats sunglasses tops um, that will eventually be built out so they can really you know um, personalize their avatar themselves but then we have these little things called collectibles and the idea of the collectibles are to show a bit of personality about that student now Students can see other students' um, homepage, I guess, and that's where they can see what house are they renting, what transport are they taking, and they can see the collectibles on the shelf. Now, they can't see any money. This is this platform's not about who's the highest money earner. We never wanted to, uh, to be about that. The only way kids are going to know how much money someone else has is if they have that conversation. It's all around points. Now, these kids get points for um, putting money regularly into their savings account. They get put mu- uh, points for regularly putting money into their emergency fund. They get points for paying bills on time as well. So there's a lot of different things that they'll, they'll get points for. Now, the points is the competition side of the game. And this is where we're hoping it's going to engage these kids to start going through those positive behaviours. Um, that look, we see the the moment we bought out the <clears throat> different rents in accommodation and transport. Um, I think it was within a couple of weeks. I would say, just at a guess, ninety percent of the kids on our platform went straight for the mansion and straight for the supercar. Now that that's fine. We're not here. That squirrel's not there to say no. You can't afford that. You can't do that. Because the idea of the platform is to get them to make those mistakes, realise those mistakes and work out the solution themselves. So we want them to go in, get the mansion, get the supercar, but then realise later on down the track, whether it's a week, two weeks, three weeks down the track, that they've, they can't pay for their bills or they've been hit with an emergency that they can't pay for. So they've got to take money out of their um, savings account or um you know, they just can't afford something that they actually wanted. So <clears throat> the whole idea of the platform is that that getting into problems and finding that solution themselves. We don't want to, we don't necessarily want to be a teacher as such and be over the top of them and saying, don't do this, don't do that. We want them to make those mistakes because we want them when they get out to realise that, you know, the bank might say that they can lend you this money and you can go out and buy, you know, your perfect car. But for them to stop and understand what's actually happening in that moment and realise that this car is actually going to cost a fair bit of money, how am I going to afford that? I'll delay that gratification. I'll wait until my finances are a little bit better and then I can step into that um, that place if I need to or want to. Sounds great. So again, for me thinking about this, this is, you know, with uh, one or two touch points a week, you're kind of getting where the school years are. You may be starting with 75, you know, over a long period of time. And for me, it's that would mean that might take place in tutor time, pastoral time, homeroom time. Do you guys have any plans to try and integrate it into the curriculum within maybe primary or secondary um, in the future? I think... um I think 
the natural trend towards increasing financial literacy into curriculums and, and it becoming more uh, prevalent in the academic life of schools is happening, especially like we've seen that nearly half of the states in America now, uh, by the end of uh, the end of um, school, children have had to pass the sort of personal finance um, type of uh, qualification or, or, or a uh, subject. But I think that trying to trying to personal finance for us is 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 not trying about squeeze it into to maths def def or into to into another subject. I think that there's definitely parts or, or there's ways to integrate financial literacy. But what we wanted to do is is have something that that was standalone, right, for teachers that had uh, and schools that had really little impact on them delivering uh, delivering the other other lessons. So that it is a standalone subject. So. The idea of Squirrel is that we do all the financial literacy um, teaching and, and create the environments for these children to learn in the back end, and the, the schools don't necessarily have to carve out two, three hours a week or whatever to deliver these lessons, um, because we already, like Matt's already said, and, and going going back going back in and speaking to head teachers over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. They're like, look, we'd love to have personal finance, like uh, personal finance lessons in our in our in our school, like dedicate. But I'll roll out my week, and you you tell me where you're going to fit this in because there's just not enough hours in the week, right? So the idea for, of Squirrel is to is to is to re- really give these these schools and the students a robust solution that sits and runs alongside the curriculum, but doesn't actually need too much uh, time within within the school, maybe. Maybe what sort of ten to fifteen minutes a week, once twice a week, um, and then obviously the children. The platform is twenty four seven, so the children can then go and use our platform whenever they're whether they're at home or on the way to school. We've had we had videos of, uh, of children paying their bills on the way to school around the around the kitchen table um, uh, on the weekend and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that. I think there's definitely ways to integrate financial literacy into um, into subjects, but for us, we wanted to to, to, to create something where it's a standalone, like children actually can go somewhere and really sort of de- sort of dive in deep with regards to personal finance. But also in saying that, um, Alex, we we understand the importance of it, and I know a lot of other people understand the importance of financial literacy. So. Along with the program, we we are making sure that we're moving in the direction of um, the direction of that it will eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, be a subject, whether it's a core subject or just um, another subject within the school. So we are making sure that we have. Um, a curriculum framework ready to go, lesson plans ready to go. So when a school does decide, okay, we can dedicate an hour or half an hour a week to financial literacy, then um, Squirrel can say, righto, here you go. We're helping you out here. Just go for it. Because look, one, one of the biggest problems as well is it's not just about curriculum time. It's about finding the, the, the resources to actually teach that. And do you know myself um, as a teacher? I wouldn't be comfortable walking into. I mean, I know I'm, I'm a part of the Squirrel Financial Literacy Program, but I wouldn't be comfortable standing in front of my class and teaching them about personal finance. That's not my background, and that's half of the not half. That would be the majority of the teachers within schools. So as soon as someone steps up and says, "Well, we've got to teach personal finance." Um, could, could you imagine the anxiety that a lot of teachers would get just having to get their head around something like that? 
I was just, funnily enough, I was just about to go into that because for me, it was also like, if you asked me to do it, I couldn't because I can't model that behavior for you because I'm sure you could probably attest to this in terms of the whys you've started this as well. But at the moment in time, I think there's so much out there about adults who are struggling with personal finance um, because they don't have financial literacy. Like um, my wife, we got home from North America and she found this, is it the Netflix series? Is it the rich life? And then all of a sudden he was on um, the Diary of a CEO podcast as well. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I can find it out. So we're finding more and more adults are actually, it's the adults that are struggling with the financial literacy. And then that trickles down into students because although, okay, I'm in Dubai and, and we can say so many students take business and economics at GCSE and A-level, it's like that's still not going to teach you about your own personal financial literacy. So I completely get it. And I, as a teacher, you know, I can't practice what I preach in that respect. Um, you know, especially teachers in Dubai and, and around the Emirates, it's like, it's quite a flashy place. And, and so there's a lot of people who aren't financially literate, literate and, and don't take those things too seriously. So I, I can completely get where you're coming from with that. Um, and, and having a platform like yours where it's, it's done for you, I think it's one of those where not only students would learn, hopefully you would then get some teachers learning. And, and I'm sure what you'd probably want from this as well is, is a level of parental engagement, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I think, uh, I, I, I mean, there's a quite a nice research article that's just recently come out in, in one of the financial literacy journals, uh, which talks about the sort of the, the reverse spillover effect and how uh, a study's just been done recently where children who learn financial literacy at school, their parents go on to be more financially literate on the back of it. So like similar to how if, if you are a professional athlete, if you're a doctor, there's, there's a higher chance of you, you of your children become and following that path. It's quite a nice uh, reverse effect that the, the children are sort of leading the way through their education. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, that's something that we're definitely then going to obviously transition and, and, and make sure that we can continue that learning at home um, by bringing uh, parental engagement into our platform. Yeah, it would be a good thing because, again, I still think the conversation about money is very taboo amongst adults and, and families in general wanting and being comfortable able to talk about it. So to be able to bridge that gap, I think, is a, is a great start. It's a great stepping stone for it um, because, again, it's for future generations, not trying to live off credit cards. I think I, I, I think I think for, uh, for for me that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to, to, to get involved with Squirrel and, and and where my passion comes from because me, me and my brother talk about it all the time but like my first our earliest memories as, as children of, of, of regards sort of money with regards money and sort of personal finances my dad in particular saying we don't talk about money in this household. And as much as as much as it obviously came from a good place, and he wanted to he wanted to feel like he was protecting us from the sort of real world. Looking back on it and having conversations with my dad now, it's sort of like it, it's not something that I'm going to then go on and do with my child. I think it's important to 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 because we we form um, a relationship with money from such a young age. Uh, it's important to making sure that we're having those positive conversations around money and, and, and talking about money in a way that's going to then set the, set our children up uh, for the future uh, to be sensible and, and, and appreciate appreciate what it is and how it can then sort of influence the life that you want to live and live life on your terms. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. I'm going to flip this on its head and I'm going to bring the skeptical the skeptical parent in or the skeptical teacher in. 
Um, and I'm sure you maybe come across one or two of these. Um, and Ben, I'm going to start with you. And this is going to be one of those questions. Um, but let's just say uh, the reputation of financial advisors in the UAE generally and, and don't have the greatest reputation there. I'm a head teacher. I'm going to look at this being very skeptical. Why, why should I trust in what you're saying? Why should I, you know, um, believe where you're coming from? I think, I think like my, my core belief and it's, I come from a, I'm a financial planner, I'm a child financial planner. Like my core belief is that the vast majority of sort of building wealth you can do as your you can do on your own. Right. And I think uh, I've definitely come to a realization sort of relatively early on to my career that I was giving the same sort of advice and it's, and it's all stuff that is, is, is fairly simple. And the idea is that, that, that essentially what I want these children to do is be in a position where, and I, I've said this to Matt, it's like sort of be the mechanic of the, their own financial future. Do you know when, John, when your car breaks and, uh, and you sort of, you end up taking it to the garage. And uh, if you're like me, I have no idea about cars, right? So I'm just waiting, for, I'm just waiting for a massive bill for them to say, well, this is broken, this is broken, this is broken. And I, I basically have to just take their word for it because I have no, uh, I have no uh, understanding about how cars work or, or how much parts cost or, or whatever. What I want for our children is to, uh, for the next generation is to be able to fix their own car to start with. But if they then have to go on to a financial planner or they didn't have to go and get expert advice, they know what they're asking for. They know how much it costs. They know uh, roughly what what sort of advice they're after in the, for the start. So that's my that's my ambition for this is really to to, to, to bring to light the majority of, of personal finance of building wealth is is stuff that people can do themselves. And if we start putting the right messages in from a, from a young age and start uh, giving the children the tools and the experience to build these behaviours, give them access to, to, to things like like uh, learning about investment platforms and, and how, the, how the markets work and stuff like that from a young age, they're not going to come out and feel massively overwhelmed as adults and, and, and just being expected to learn this stuff on their own. So that's sort of my internal driver and, and, and my really sort of north star for what I want, for what I want Squirrel to be. I think it's a good one. It's like, and I, I, again, balancing both sides of the arguments, there's there's horror stories here, horror stories of, you know, these, we call them cowboys, as it were, by financial planner. I say, I'm going to use this term air quoting financial planners and, and financial advisors, especially in Dubai, you know, who you hear, teachers especially, horror stories come over, you don't have a pension here, and you trust in what these people tell you because you believe when someone says, I'm an expert in this, you very much buy into what they say. So, you know, we want to want to address those skeptics because you are going to have parents potentially who've had this happen to them who've then got children in school. You know, Matt, if, if you're addressing one of those parents who is skeptical about introducing money to their children at a young age, you know, what would your message be to them? Look, I think you've got to look at first why are they skept, uh, skeptics or why are they hesitant to actually um, bring financial literacy into the home or um, allow it to go into the schools. You kind of mentioned it before. It, it comes back to either not understanding or just having a bad experience in that world. So you've lost money, you've made a bad investment, whatever it is. Um, so... 
the way I think about it very simply is that, and, and this kind of comes back to the, the subject of financial literacy or financial wellness actually being taught in schools. I can't think of another subject. So if we think about the basic mathematics, basic reading and writing, we all need in life. Now, I can't think of another subject that I was actually taught at school that actually dictates my life as much as money does. Now, I'm not talking about, and Ben and I always said this, Squirrel's not about creating um, extremely wealthy people. That's not what it's about. It's actually just about having a sense of money and being able to live a fulfilled life, a happy and fulfilled life. So getting parents or and teachers, whoever, to understand that, you know, money is a big dictator of what we do in life and how we do, do things, then that importance, I'm hoping that importance will come across as, well, we need to teach this or kids need to have this understanding. Again, it goes back to we're not we're not trying to create um, massive money and as wealthy people. We're just trying to make sure that the next generation they're not wondering how they're going to pay their rent next month. They're not wondering if if they've got someone to fall back on if their car fails and they can't get to work. It, it's just about being able to do those simple things um, rather than, you know, investing in, in whatever they need to invest in to increase their portfolio to make as much money as they possibly can. Fantastic. Thank you both for that. Sorry, Ben, were you going to add something to that? No, I was just going to say, look, I mean, with regards to sceptics, I think I think my answer about sceptics, about people uh, people who potentially are saying, well, why are we teaching this at school? My, my answer would be, well, what's the alternative? Because at the moment, what, 73% of the world's population think would, would say money's the, the, the biggest cause, uh, financial pressures, the, the biggest cause of stress. Um, what the most developed economy in the world, the US, I mean, two thirds of those people apparently couldn't afford a $400 emergency expense without having to sell something. The, the personal, the, per, the personal pension pots, the average personal pension pot size in the UK would probably last about three to four years in retirement outside the sort of state provision. So at the moment, We've, we've we've got a problem, and and from from my from my experience in terms of when we tell people this is what we're doing, we've got a free financial literacy platform for schools to to to, to use to build these students to build these financial habits. Nine times out, or nearly ten times out of ten, people are like, "Why didn't we have something like this when we was at the school?" So, I guess that that's my, my answer would be, "Well, look, we can continue going the way that we're going and completely ignore financial literacy and personal finance within schools." Um, but we're just going to end up getting the same result as what we're always getting. Yeah, agreed with that one. So let's say now people want to get in touch, people want to learn more about Squirrel and, and what you guys can sort of bring to the table. What is the best way for them to, to get in contact with you guys? Uh, probably just through an email. Um, we have an information email, so info at squirreledu.co. Um but they can contact us directly. Look, Ben and I are 
We've had a lot of schools come on board using the program. And one of the things we want to do is try and keep it as personal as possible. So we interact with those schools constantly um, through WhatsApp groups, making sure we've got feedback, making sure nothing's falling apart on the platform. And if they do have an issue, that we can fix it as quickly as we possibly can. Our, our team is amazing. I mean, if a problem occurs, we can... Um, we usually have it fixed within 24 hours because our team is all on that WhatsApp group. So, um, look, contacting us directly, Matt at Squirrel or Ben at Squirrel, edu.co, um, that's probably the easiest way. Fantastic. And for you guys then, let's say a year down the line, two years down the line, what are your, what's your vision for for Squirrel, what is your vision for financial literacy in schools? Looking ahead to the future now. Uh, look for me, Alex. It would be we're concentrating on the UAE at the moment. We really want to make a dent in the UAE market because we see it as being quite important. You mentioned it very early on. You know, kids can get um, very caught up in that uh, high life. Now, I know my girls when um, being in Abu Dhabi, they would ask at a young age, well, why can't we live in that villa on the beach in, um, in Hid? And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Why can't we drive that car that they're driving over there? And it's, you know, this is, this is where I see um, a lot of young kids actually getting into trouble, not, not just um, Emiratis, but expats as well. There was one story a friend told me, a really good friend, his cousin came up to him and said, um, I'm going to buy a Porsche. Um, and my friend said, well, how are you going to afford that? He said, well, the bank said they, they'll give me the money. And he had to actually sit down with this uh, young boy, was, I think he was about 19, and say, all right, well, this is, this is the model of Porsche you want to buy. Let's look up how much it costs to change the tyres. Let's have a look how much it would cost to change, um, do a service on it. Let's have a look, look at how much it would cost if you, you drop the gearbox out of the bottom of it. And where is that money going to actually come from? So the, the, the whole idea of getting that understanding um, across to these kids is, is quite important. So in, in the UAE... Um, where that's where we're working quite hard, but we've had a lot of schools around uh, around the globe contact us or ask us, can they be a part of it? So we're we're definitely open to say, absolutely, come on board. Let's get this out there as much as possible. But look, I'm just um, we we could throw up around big numbers, but I just want to see the platform continue to increase in its users and continue to get schools understanding that, you know, our platform is very easy to implement, doesn't require any more work on the teachers. It, it, it's actually beneficial because it has a rewards program in it. So it engages those kids and gets them going. The data that we got over the last year of the engagement from the kids and how they worked on the platform was absolutely amazing. So I'm hoping in the next year our numbers will have increased and then after that they'll just increase um, time and time again. And I'd just like to see the platform develop um, to go from, at the moment we've got sort of six-year-olds six year to sort of 12-year-olds. I'd like to, in the next over the year, two years, to have a fully um, 
comprehensive uh, platform where it's five to 18 years old, where we've got sort of differentiation and children are getting opportunities to sort of invest properly, start businesses, buy real estate. Like, I mean, really basically give the children opportunity to, to and some gameplay scenarios where they're basically going to, they can deal with and face things that anything that they're going to face out in the real world. Um, so yeah, and also, I mean, that it's a free platform. So hopefully schools, I mean, they'd have to go and find the budget and, and go and speak to people. And it's a free platform. So please get in touch. We'd love to love to hear from you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to reiterate that again in case people didn't hear you correctly. <laughs> it's a, it's a free platform. So Absolutely. yeah, free. <clears throat> Should have we should have started with that. <laughs> 40, minutes, Forty minutes in, let's hope. But it's a free platform, um, so any any school can get in contact and get access to it. And I think that just highlights the fact that you two. I'm going to put this up. You're not in it for the money. Like this is this is there because you feel it's something that's that's important for students. Important UAE to start with, but as a global entity that that students and the knock on effect into parents will have in terms of the importance of financial literacy so the fact you're doing it for free is is testament to that belief and values that you two have and yeah it's it's a absolute great great project and uh you know i don't know anyone else out there who's doing this at the moment so hopefully in terms of that niche you you've really uh, tapped into it oh, I thank you so. i hope so yeah i think we i think we have a winning recipe alex i mean um Ben specialises in finance. I've got a lot of, lot of uh, experience in ed- education. So knowing what schools need and then knowing what um, kids are going to need in in uh, terms of finance, I think we've, uh, I think we're a pretty good team and we can uh, deliver on what we're we're saying we're going to do. Amazing. Well, guys, Matt, Ben, thank you ever so much for coming and talk to me today. I really appreciate it. I will put all your contact info um, in the descriptions and, and tag you guys into this as well so we can share it and, and get that message out there to as many schools as possible across the UAE that uh, can hopefully start using this as well. Excellent. Thank Brilliant. you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.